Well, yeah. he's he's got balls. I'll give him that. And <coughs> it, it just goes to show that coaches in the NFL are born, not made. Like, yeah. you got to come out of the womb looking like a football coach, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, the best, the, the Mike Cowers, uh, Bill Cowers, the Mike Tomlins, like Don Shula. Like, you look like a fucking football coach. That's why that ferry in Miami's never I was waiting for I know I knew I was going there I knew it he's never gonna win I was about to say he's never gonna win it's a gimmick offense when they go like and they talk amongst themselves later on after the game there's no way they're like yeah we believe in that motherfucker no fucking way like look at this clown look at this he's like playing Madden on the sideline like hitting his vape like what the fuck what is that the funniest thing that he's ever done it was the funniest interview maybe I've ever seen he's at the deal it's like week six of last year and he's like, hey, coach, so uh, there's no ping pong table in the locker room now. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, Tyreek, he goes, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm really proud of the guys for getting rid of that. You know, I guess we're going to be focusing on football. And then Tyreek Hill comes to the podium next. He's like, hell no, nah, I just ordered a custom one. It's coming in tomorrow. We had to move that bitch out. Welcome into the Slobber Knocker Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Leak, joined, as always, by my man, the uncle of Bernie, Texas, Uncle T over here. Uh, and today we have a very special guest to welcome to the show. He's a former host of his own sports talk show on Ticket 760, one of the best uh, sports minds I know. Um, now hosts his own podcast called The Unrestricted with Vex and the Bulldog, which I do listen to weekly and which listened to that last episode about you shitting on the Cowboys, which was great. <laughs> um, my favorite episode so far. Thank you for joining us, Vex. My we pleasure, Dill. Happy to have you great here. Great to see you. Great to see you as well. What's been going on? Everything going good? Oh, dude, love it. Uh, the podcast has been a lot of fun. Um, you know, post radio career, I guess I went like eight years without being on the radio. And I kind of needed a microphone back yeah. and the podcast, the pod world gave that back to me. Yeah. So thanks for having me on. I'm, oh. I'm like excited to jump into this. Yeah. It's my favorite time of the year. Or one of my favorite times of the year, like this past weekend, four great football games. The NBA is kind of ramping up. Um, it's just, it just gets good right about now. And college basketball is getting to the point where I want to watch it now. Yep. Uh, it, this is when it gets great. It's a it's a great time of year for sure right now. I've been watching college basketball from day one. Yeah, we're big college basketball. Yeah, guys. now gamble, gambling <laughs> has a big uh, effect on that. But um, yeah, well, let's talk about some of those NFL games because the first week sucked. I mean, to be honest, they were fucking horrible games. The one first good week. game out of eight, right? right? Yes, yeah. one good game. Uh, it was what the Lions and the Rams, right? That yep. was the only close game. Um, but but essentially, three of the four were great games. The only one that kind of got away from the Texans late was that one with the Ravens, which I think most people expected. But um, what are your thoughts on the Buffalo debacle, right? It, I feel bad for them. It feels like they always have the short end of the uh, stick. Oh, my God. I want to cry for them. Uh, I terrible. really do. Yeah. Like, I feel terrible. What must it be like to be a Bills fan? It's just brutal. Like, they go in, like, the pantheon of, like, bad teams to root for. Top five, for sure. Right? I mean, you could make an argument for losing four straight Super Bowls. Every Bills fan, I guarantee you, in Bass kicked that was thinking it was going wide right. Of course. <laughs> Every single fucking one of them was like, you know where this is going? The wind's blowing that way. It, oh. And the ball starts out straight, and it looks it, like one of my fucking golf drives. Yes. Boom. It looks like slice. God blew the yeah. thing out to the right. <laughs> Did you notice when they panned in on the camera angle on television, they came from, like, the, the, the near goalposts, and they showed the whole football field, and the near goalposts at the top 
those little ribbons were just yep. going, just going sideways. that way. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh my God. And then the camera zooms all the way to the far side of the field. And I'm like, oh fuck, he is gonna he's gonna slice he's it. Gonna snap he's hook, gonna snap hook or snap slice it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, not in the right rough either. No. I mean, he missed that bad. It was bad. It's it's really terrible. I mean, yeah, you know, you could say that the Bills fans at least got to four Super Bowls, but at the same time, that's really crushing yeah. to go to four consecutive and not to get one. They, I mean, they're right up there. Like, you know, Browns fans are fucking pitiful. Um, you know, the Texans haven't won yet, but they have C.J. Stroud. They have hope. Right. Um, no, there's, there's, there's bad teams to root for, and then there's the Bills because they're gonna break your fucking heart. <laughs> they I, do. It's sad, time. man. I I spend a lot of time up at uh, Anchor Bar, which is like Bills headquarters here in town. And dude, when I'm telling you, and show you videos on my phone, a buddy was there yesterday, and it's like every time they score, there's people just. Running around, they play, you know, the Buffalo fight song, and they're running around. Because Anchor Bar started in Buffalo, and I was there. It's a franchise wing place. And so I was there, I guess, was it two years ago now, three years ago now, when they had 13 seconds and went down and got, you know, the field goal. 2021. When they scored, dude, people were throwing. I mean, like, it was an absolute, like, they were ready to flip cars over in the parking lot. Yeah. And when they went down and scored, it's the funniest thing. Everybody was trying to stay positive. God love them. You know, these are Buffalo fans, so half the people went outside to smoke a cigarette in the parking lot. <laughs> nice. And when they got out there, they said, okay, well, let me know, you know, you know come basically get me when the game's over. And overtime. And all you could hear, they could hear it from the parking lot, was they had lost a toss, and they hadn't changed the rules. So you heard, like, an audible fuck through the whole place. <laughs> it's over. Half the rest of the people inside went out to smoke a cigarette. It was just... I mean, I've felt for him ever since. So I was telling Dylan yesterday, I was like, look, they got outplayed, but every break went their way. It so did. you just had the feeling the that, you know, the fumble out of the back of the end zone, Allen fumbles it, Kincaid gets his hand it on it like somehow. It had that Yeah, it looks like, no, they did. They're going to run it back the other way. Kincaid yeah. saves it. So you just think, finally, something's going to go Buffalo's way and then wide right. And I agree with them taking it down the two-minute warning because – you don't want Mahomes to get the ball back with any time, right? No. So you're just trying to get a first down and either kick a field goal with no time left, score a touchdown, and win the game. And it just, yeah, just poor Buffalo. Like, can't, yeah. can't get over, can't get over the line, man. It wouldn't hurt that bad for a non-Bills fan like me yeah. if I didn't have so many Bills fans that I thought, in my life, that I thought were really good people. Yeah. I think Bills fans are, like, good people. Yeah, they they're are. not annoying. <laughs> they're not jerks. You know, they're not, like... They're not like LSU or something. Yeah. Like, you can't just be like, God, they're the worst fans. Bills fans are awesome. Yeah, they they're are. good, hardworking, salt of the earth, just, you know, yeah. Buffalo people. I mean, they're in Buffalo. minus 20 degrees. They, yeah. You know, they'll do it. Like, um, you know, I feel feel rotten for them. But let's, let's be honest. Like, everybody on this morning's kind of morning drive stuff right. was saying, oh, what a great game. What a great game. Let's be real. That was one of the worst played fourth quarters. Oh my god! By two great quarterbacks and two really good teams, I think that you could possibly have. I mean, there were horrible drops from Diggs and Diggs was bad. And oh, what, what's the Bills' other guy who missed the bomb? Um, was it was it Shakir? No, no, it was Sherfield. Sherfield, yes. yes, it hit him right in the arm. Yes, can't, it did. And he's only really that. playing because of Davis being hurt. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and you, you got the Miko Hardeman fumble into a touchback. Right. Which is just the cardinal sin yep. yeah. of football is that thing because of the terrible rule that exists right. in the game. They, but some people like it. I I, I think it's I just it. I think it's overkill. It I mean. Is. 
I get it. You should probably, you know, be punished for it. But like giving the team to the giving the ball to the other team at the twenty yard line just seems like a little it, much. It's ridiculous when they don't even recover the fumble. Right. I think it's ridiculous. The take the take I heard, which I actually liked on it, is I've never necessarily like liked the rule, but they were talking on part of my take about it, and it was interesting. He said, "Look, we're, in football, everything favors the offense. Everything you get a fifty yard pass interference penalty. Yeah. You get the so." If you fumble out of the back of the end zone, if that's the one thing the defense yeah. actually gets to go their way, I heard that. And too. you're stupid enough to drop it and fumble it out of the back of the end zone, but I get it. I that's get, pretty good a, logic. I mean, though. I mean, that's that was his reasoning on it, and I was like, you know, I kind of like that. It's a stupid rule, but don't you know? McCole Hardman's it. I saw his stats: two carries, or two carries, okay. two fumbles, how and about, negative one yard. How oh about my that? God. How about that call by Andy Reid? Pacheco was running all over them. Yeah. You're on the two yard line. You're putting the game away. The only other time he touched the ball in the game, he fumbled. And the, yeah. it was the same play. It was the exact same play. Why, what is that call right there? It's wild. Uh, but I have a question for you guys because, yeah. to me, basically, everybody praised Joe Brady when they fired Ken Dorsey because they yeah. got back to running the ball. They got, to me, conservative. And me and Turner have talked about this. He said the Bills are going to the playoffs all the way back when they were like 6-6. Six and six. Nice. I said they're overrated. Maybe they'll get in. But I think they're overrated. I, I don't think they're all that great of a team. The thing that I hated when I looked back at this and I thought about this last night they made Josh Allen, who is an elite quarterback, into a game manager. The Bills did not have a single play over 20 yards yesterday. Isn't not that weird? one. Yeah. And the only real two plays that they even attempted were dropped. The two we just talked about with Sherfield and Diggs dropping the ball. But you look at back in 2021, the game you mentioned earlier. In that game, Josh Allen, 27 for 37, 330 yards and four touchdowns. And he essentially won the game. They scored with 13 seconds to go. You should win that game. That's not on anything to do with Allen or no. anything. They won the game, and it was just unfortunate the way it played out. Yesterday, 26 to 39, 189 yards. That's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. They were dink and dunk the whole game. Do, I mean, do, what do you, what's y'all's take on that in terms of, like, do you think I'm wrong? Do you think that he just makes too many mistakes and they should play him like that, or should they let him go at this point? I, I thought it was probably a pretty good game plan for the Chiefs' defense. Right. And, look, they, they, they were able to weaken the Chiefs' defense and show its weaknesses throughout most of the game. They ran the football pretty well. Yep. You know, Josh Allen does it with his legs as good as anybody, maybe better. Um I just hated the last drive. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like they played for the tie instead of really opening it up to play for the win. And you're right, T, like, taking it down under two minutes, that's fine. That's all well and good by me. But, like, he missed his tight end, and Josh Allen doesn't get out of this unscathed. He missed his tight end um, in the end zone. Yep. I'm trying to remember the time marker on that but he had him it was a, it was second, second and nine in the last series yeah. so it was the second to last offensive play he was wide open had him tackle kind of got pushed into him but all he had to do was step up if yeah. he steps up he finds him for a touch he's wide open so he doesn't get off unscathed but i thought the play calling got really conservative absolutely um and that's not sean mcdermott's style like I, they've been aggressive for most of the year like and they've been aggressive in the game. <laughs> then you get to the nut cut, and then you just kind of pucker up. Yep. I'm not into that. It was, I think it was weird because I don't necessarily think they got, I definitely don't think they were playing for a field goal there. It may have seemed like they kind of were. That's what it felt like to me. No, man, they were trying to, If, in my opinion, you take it down to the two-minute warning, the Chiefs have two timeouts left. If you get a first down there, the Chiefs use both their timeouts 
and you either win the game with a touchdown or the worst is overtime. If you kick a field goal there with anything more than a minute left, the game's over. Mahomes is going to score a fucking t- get a field goal. You're right. A hundred times out of a hundred. That's the, what they were trying to do with the clock, in my opinion. But the thing is, is that the way it played out is like even if they make that field goal, they would have given it back to Mahomes. No, a hundred, a hundred percent. But that's on it. no the Allen. Th- Allen had a guy wide open in the flat when he tried to score a touchdown on second down. But he did have him open. He, he was did. open. He was open. That was an aggressive but play call. It, uh, Tony Romo pointed out right away. He goes, look, he had a guy wide open for a first down. And in reality at that point, when they made that decision to get into the two-minute warning, you legitimately, I know this sounds crazy, you're almost better getting the first down, making the Chiefs use their timeouts, than going up four and giving the ball back to Mahomes with a minute 40 left. Yeah. That may sound crazy. They, the the Bills' defense was not even close to stopping the Chiefs the second half. That was the half. best the Chiefs' offense has looked to me in terms of consistency they scored, all season. They scored on almost every drive they scored with the every exception dr- of the fumble they, into the end zone. Yeah, they had one and they would they would have scored, and they took a knee before I halftime. So if they give, in my opinion, they give the ball, that's why when I was telling my brother about it, I, mean, I think it was fourth and eight, so you have to kick it there. But if it was fourth and four, I would have just – I know this sounds crazy – Bass has missed several field goals, missed last week. I'm just going for it and trying not to get the ball back to Mahomes at all because your defense proved they could not stop him. They yeah. were not going to stop him. They were a sieve. On the last possession, Josh Allen never used his legs, yeah. did he? It was exactly. weird. It was weird. Exactly. I don't, I don't, so that, weird. Was, that was very weird to me. The one thing I will say, I didn't have a problem. I agree with Dylan because Josh Allen's my favorite quarterback, so I don't like them putting a leash on him. If he turns over the ball, fine. That's who he is. He's a gunslinger. Yeah. But Joe Brady came in, ran the ball in the first half, like he did not quite as well, but he did against the Cowboys, where he just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. Dan Quinn never, for the Cowboys. Back in week 15 or Never made an adjustment. Right. Nope. Spagnola did. Yeah. He brought one extra man to the box and said, okay. And that's when you saw the deep shot start to develop downfield where Diggs should have caught a ball there, you know. Real quick, but how I about just, that throw by Al? That yeah, was like ridiculous. 60 yards in the air yeah. on a fucking dime. I was yeah. watching with my eight-year-old son, and I was like, Jackson, I think that was like 65 yeah. in the air, man. <laughs> perfect. Like, that was a bomb. It was perfect incredible. throw. Incredible. And so, yeah, I, I give, really, I give all the credit to the Chiefs' defense at Spagnuolo for making the adjustments, making them throw it, and I think it was just tough for Allen to throw. I, You know, Gabe Davis isn't the greatest receiver, but without him out there, and you have Shakur and Sheffield, the guy that dropped Sheffield, the ball, yeah. whatever, and you have yeah. Davis being doubled, I mean, uh, Diggs, you know, Diggs, safety help over the top, and he's sis. been, Diggs, yeah, man. he's been, the fuck he's been, he the last 10 weeks, the last 10 weeks of the season, he's been horrible. I think yeah. the first six he or something like he didn't they said, be out there. first six, I believe he had 100 yards every single game, or at least five out of six games or something. Since then, he's showing up to fucking kilts in the game and <laughs> and decided he didn't want to fucking play, so I don't get it. I feel bad for the Bills, and like I said, I love Josh Allen, so I'm with you. I wish they would take, you know, the leash off him and just, let them chunk it around the yard, but I think without Davis, they thought, hey, we're going to try to run the ball and neutralize the blitz a little bit, and they did a pretty good job, but Chiefs made adjustments that a lot of people didn't make adjustments on, you know, against the Bills like the yeah. Cowboys, and it, you know, ultimately cost them the game, but Dylan made a good point. I think the Chiefs were proved that they were just the better team, better defense, and if it wasn't for all the breaks, they would have won the game probably by you know, more anyway. It could have it been worse. Yeah, for um, sure. Since you brought up the Cowboys and Dan Quinn, I want to point out, not only did Dan Quinn not make adjustments in that game against Buffalo to stop the run, 
he didn't make adjustments for the rest of this season <laughs> to stop the it run. It was very weird. Like, and did the y'all way not know way, yeah, our, our weakness yeah. is, is we can't stop the fucking run? I it know. was weird. He, he refuses to, like, you know, he keeps that same base front always, and he yeah. refuses to, like, throw an extra defensive lineman down there for whatever reason, you know, like a, a, you know, a run stuffer in the middle. And, you know, I get that he wants to play his defense, but when you're just getting run on like that, I mean, I think it goes to show you that the Cowboys, when they had a healthy secondary, they could play that base defense up front and just, you know, play their corners on islands and it worked some of the time. Yeah. But with, you know, his dad made a good point that Gilmore didn't seem like even close to himself. He wasn't. And, you know, he's playing hurt. And, but yeah. Bland, you, Bland was also a fraud. I mean, he's gotta, just, he's blocked by the fact that he has interceptions and has the big plays. But the reality is he's not a very good cover corner. Like, he doesn't grade out a good corner. Right. He gets burned a lot. We saw it late in the year against Seattle when he covered Metcalf, just got absolutely torched on Thursday night. So, yeah. and Trayvon Diggs, when he was healthy, like, that's his story, too. Right. I mean, he doesn't grade out as a great corner. He just gets turnovers. Yeah. Plays. Being yep. opportunistic is great as a defense. I just don't think you can count on that when you're playing against another playoff grade team. Like right. you're just never going to get four interceptions in a playoff game. It right. just it, unless you're playing some real slouch yes. in the first round, and that's rare. I mean, once you get to the playoffs, these guys are all good. And right. now, no, it, it, let me just real quick. Micah Parsons, great player, great pass rusher. Where were you? Yeah. Can you make a can you make a run stop, Micah Parsons? Like, can you just get tackles? No, like is unfortunately the answer. Like, I know he he gets big money and he's flashy and he gets the sacks, but like, where is he on stuffing the run? He doesn't make an impact other than pa- rushing the rushing the passer is what it feels like. He when he was I know he plays on the edge a lot, but they tried to actually drop him in coverage some later in the year. He doesn't do that well. He doesn't stop the run well. He's just an elite pass rusher. So when he's not getting the holding calls and they're doubling him, he's kind of ineffective and it, yeah. and it shows out there. The, I got to go. Go ahead, Turner. No, well, it might be an unpopular opinion, but Micah Parsons is way better playing in the middle of the field than he is on the edge. More, more, not more as a, a true like outside linebacker than an edge rusher. The Cowboys use him pretty much like you said, only to rush the passer. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like that guy when he was. Not only rushing the passer, he was, last year, he was a more, I guess, well-rounded player, I would say, in my opinion. I, I don't, don't like that they... cover is the No, problem. he can't fucking cover. I'm just talking about against the run, like yeah. he made. They need someone to be able to kind of stop the run, and they don't yeah. have a soul. I so. got a quick question for you, Vex, yeah. I heard you talking about the Cowboys on your show as well. Sure. If you were, and I agree with a lot of your takes, right? Like, I couldn't believe they brought back McCarthy. That, no. that just shocked me. When I kind of heard that McCarthy, I, I guess I didn't really understand that till later that Dak and McCarthy's contract both end at the end of this year. Yeah. So I guess the, the thought is, you know, keep them for one more year. And if we have this again, which they're going to do the same thing over and over and get the same result. Cause that's, I mean, Jerry Jones is insane. That's, that's what Dallas they do. Way. That's what they do. But if you were the GM, let's say next year, same thing happens 2023, 2024, you're the GM. What do you do? Do you blow this whole thing up? Do you get rid of Dak? I mean, it's a great plan to, to have room to let go of them next summer. That in a vacuum sounds great. Next summer, you're not going to have Mike Vrabel on the open market. You're probably not going to have Bill Belichick on the open market. You know, Mike Tomlin was allegedly, like, it, it, you know, not getting along with the Roonies. I mean, you just, you got to pounce when the time is right, right? And next summer, who knows? Like, 
you know, the names aren't going to be as good. And Mike Vrabel is an awesome head coach, and he's young. Like, you could sign yourself up for 20 years of a good head coach if you get him now. But, right. no, they're, uh, to me it's a mistake, and yes – if they don't get it done next year, they have to blow it up. Right. They just have to. I think they should get Vrabel, too. I would, that's what – I mean, they're not going to now at this point, obviously, I don't think. But I think that would have been the right hire for To me, them. he's the best option. I think yeah. he's the best coach out there. The only other guy I would say is I, I do think Jim Harbaugh has proven he can win anywhere. I know sure. he rubs people the wrong way. Not everybody's a big fan of him. I kind of like him. I've kind of – I didn't like him in San Francisco, and the more I've watched him at Michigan, I, I kind of started to like him. So I would – that's ne- – he was never coming to Dallas because Jerry would never relinquish control like that. But I do think he would do it – give Vrabel the job because Vrabel, I think, would just coach. I don't yeah. think he needs to be the GM. So – Harbaugh is like – is like – um, oh, what's her name? Jennifer Lawrence, right? <laughs> like, guys, we love her, right? <laughs> like, love Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's totally cute. I mean, sexy, like the whole, she's got it all. Right. And girls always say, now she bugs. She bugs. <laughs> That's the problem with the Harbaugh's is they bug. Yes. Like they're really good at what they do. They just happen to bug us all. Like as guys, we're like, dude, like act like more of a man. Don't act like such a weasel dick. Like, can you, <laughs> I like you know? that take. I call him the fucking, like I was just like watching the game when they won, uh, won the, uh, the f- what was the who was the first playoff? Oh, uh, again, against Michigan versus Bama. Yeah, yeah. and he said, "Uh, just a pl- happy New Year. It's just a pleasure <laughs> to be here." Like eight times. I'm like, dude, this is the most cringeworthy political fucking. Yeah. Like, you're not running for fucking office, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. For fuck's sake, just coach the football. That's game, why he man. got pushed out of San Francisco. Yeah. He got into it. I mean, they, he rubs people the wrong wrong way. Who's got it better than us? Nobody. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> God, I mean, it's kind of annoying. I'm not gonna lie. Um, all right, let's we'll move on a little bit. We'll we'll recap one more game. Let's talk a little bit about Lions Bucks. I heard somebody, I think it was Colin Coward this morning, brought this up. I disagree with the take, but I like the question. The Lions are a great story, no doubt. The way it's played out, Goff beat Stafford, even though I was rooting for the Rams, and now they win another playoff game. That place is going nuts. Is this a, just a great story, or is this actually a, a great team that can win a Super Bowl? It's a really good story that comes to an end next week. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, look, I love watching them. I don't think their defense— I think if we line up the four teams that are left, the worst unit— among the four is probably the Detroit defense. And I don't think that's going to get it done against San Francisco. San Francisco is probably really lucky or feeling really lucky because if you're the coaching staff, you're saying my guys got scared their balls off. They never should have won that game, but they did. And they're, they're not going to take anybody lightly. They're going to have a huge week of concentrated prep. So I expect them to dispatch the Lions, like, easily. Um, We've seen San Francisco, when they want to be, really pull their dick out and be dominant, right? (laughs) And I expect that to be this... This kind of game is what I expect. I would I would agree with that. I think they got, you know, through the scare Green Bay, which was definitely a scare. They could have lost that game. They did not... Did not play well. And uh, what's the latest with uh, Debo? Is he playing? I I heard today he's 50-50. They don't know he's questionable. I have a feeling he's going to play. They should still be able to beat the Lions with or without Debo as long as he's back for the uh, Super Bowl. But, yeah, I think uh, I agree with Jeff. I think the uh, Niners will make pretty quick work of the Lions. The Lions all year have been fairly good against the run, right? And in the last few weeks, they didn't seem to be as good. But – Secondary is not very good, and they're just on paper. They're not as good as 
you know, they're not as good as the Niners, and they're going to play in San Francisco, so they shouldn't win the game. That's I mean, just it. It's they've had kind of a weak competition level in these first two rounds. Yeah. And they've been fortunate and they've been fortunate they were playing at home. It's just different when you're playing, you know, an above average team at home versus playing a great team on On the the road. road. Yeah. I don't think if they had that energy of home field, I think it would be a more fun game. I don't know if they'd win it either, but it would be more fun, obviously, in Detroit with all the people going batshit crazy, you know. And they're built for the for the AstroTurf, yep. right? They're, exactly. They're, they're built for indoors. Yeah, yeah. they are. And, and Jared Goff's home road splits in his career are bad. Are they? Yeah, they're real bad. And if, if there's any sort of weather, like I know it started raining in San Francisco in that game. If it starts raining or anything like that, that's a blowout, in my opinion. I don't think it's even. Although really close. Brock Purdy looked fucking horrible, he's got to get his fucking gloves yeah, figured yeah, out. Get the yeah, gloves. What he's got to get this figured out. <laughs> like that? I'm a glove. I'm not a glove. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna try a different glove. Dude, and it's weird. The out. guy played at fucking Iowa State. You'd think he know. <laughs> you'd think he know. Hey, this is what I do in fucking bad weather, right? It's not he his first time. Yeah. I wasn't playing at USC in college. He's playing in fucking eight or sorry. Uh, yeah, or uh, oh, Ames. Yeah, Ames, yeah, Ames Iowa. Iowa. Ames, Iowa. Yeah. Do you know what this Lions team kind of reminds me of? And I thought about this yesterday. The remember the Vikings when they went to the NFC Championship with Case Keenum? They won on like that. It just feels like that. Obviously, Goff's a little better than Keenum, but it's like it's a feel-good story. Everybody's rooting for them, but it just it came to a crashing end in the NFC Championship game against Cam Newton. They lost by like twenty-eight. Yeah, and that's what this feels like. It's going to happen. I, I don't know. I I agree hundred percent with what you said. Yeah, I, it could be bad for Detroit, and I hope it isn't because right. that fan base is another tortured fan base. Oh God, yeah. How did we leave? Probably, them out? yeah. <laughs> Probably even worse than because you know Buffalo. Listen, Buffalo's had some heartache, but at least they went to four straight yep. Super Bowls. Lions have never sniffed the one Super Bowl, really. Yeah, this so, is their second oh, NFC yeah. Championship game ever. Um, it's terrible. It's terrible, yeah. Um, you know, San Francisco needs Debo back. They need to get McCaffrey really wheeling. Um, McCaffrey, to me, is one of the scariest offensive players in the league because when he gets his legs churning, he just doesn't get tackled, yep. man. Like, people, he's too quick to, to be caught, and he's too strong to be one-armed. And, you know, look, Brock Purdy is not the most important player on their offense. But you see in, like, Saturday's game, when he's forced to be their best player on offense, they're not they're not as dangerous. No. no kind of scary. Near. That happened in the Ravens 49ers game on Christmas or whatever mm-hmm. that was. Same type of deal. It's not going to happen. They didn't give McCaffrey the ball nearly enough. When Brock Purdy's the best player, bad things tend to happen. And I team. think that's why Shanahan, too, we were laughing because it was like, it's all in the script because like San Francisco wasn't even in the hurry up in that game. And I think that it was, was just weird. Well, I think it was you kind of touched on it. Now Shanahan knowing like, look, us in the hurry up with Brock Purdy trying to run the hurry up is not near as effective as just turning around and handing the right. Christian McCaffrey behind an offensive line that's worn down the Packers and they went right down the Should field. Have done it the whole game, fucking yeah. game. Oh no, yeah. for sure. Doing? For sure. I got but, one uh, one funny uh stat on the, the Lions Bucks game. I, I saw this middle of the game. I had, I had a big bet. I made a stupid decision and took a money line bet on the Lions, thinking there was no way they were going to lose at home. And then in the fucking halftime, I'm like shitting my pants here with like $500 to win $180. Um, <laughs> oh, but, you did? <laughs> yeah. But um, I was looking. I was like, That's how is like this you. game tied? At halftime, the Bucks were outgaining the Lions by three yards per play. Wow. And they finished the game outgaining them by two yards per play did they really 1.8 yes one point how yeah. did they win that game so I mean they're up two scores late and it, I mean it was I don't know I was just I think the Bucks they had two turnovers obviously that hurt but uh yeah I, I thought it was very very telling 
Dan Campbell, who never, never kicks field goals or goes for it inside of five yards. It was a fourth and goal from the three on the second drive, and he kicked a field goal because it just felt like early golf was nervous. They were nervous, and I thought that was very telling. I want to see what happens in San Francisco when it's like fourth and three and you're down by seven. What, are you going to fucking kick a field goal or punt? Are you going to go for it? Dan Campbell's got stones. Yeah, he I, I, I got to say. He fucking does. When you go back to like the day he was hired, do you remember his ridiculous press conference? Do y'all yeah, remember I this? I don't, I don't. Okay. I remember he was like, pieces, yeah. you know, he's this big, like, macho dude, yeah. and he's up there, and he's pounding the table, you know. He's like, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take a punch. Yeah. We're going to go to the ground, and when we get up, we're going to bite him on the ankle, and then we're, after that, we're going to bite him on the kneecap. I'm like, what the, what is this? And we're going to knock our own teeth out. We don't care. We'll swallow our own teeth. I'm serious, and he's... It was this, like, caricature of, like, a masculine, like, you know, junior high football coach, right? And it was like, this isn't going to work with the pros. Oh, yeah. Like, it, there's no way. They're going to laugh you off. This isn't just about toughness. Yeah. This is about talent. The NFL is about talent. You can't just say play harder to a bunch of guys who are making millions of dollars. But you know what? That's all he's done, I feel like. And they're playing really hard for yeah, him. It's, fun, it's funny because I think it's when you're, a, you know, an ex-player, and especially him, a journeyman who was, you know, around, had to do all the dirty work, whatever it was, to stick around. And I think the players respected him for the simple fact that it was one of those deals where it's like, oh, this guy's, you know, earned his stripes. He's yeah. been around. We'll listen to him, and, you know, we'll go to battle with him. And, you know, but then when you have a guy, you know, if this was like someone like, you know, Bill Belichick or someone who did play football coming in and just trying to be that over-the-top hard-ass. Like, I just don't think it works. But no, he just is, convinces these guys, and it's just, you know, their way. And he's like, look, we're so shitty. This is the way we're going to fucking do things did y'all from see, now on. Did y'all see his post-game, post-game in the locker room? And he's like, see there, and he's like, you guys know how fucking hard it was to do this? Yeah. And they're like, hell yeah, hell yeah. yeah. And they're all fucking Losing, like pumped yeah. and buying they, they, it. And I'm like, fucking, oh my God, they, they really do believe him. in this dude. They, they love, love him. him. It's like it goes back to the Cowboys deal where he's like, yeah, he's like, fucking told him. He's like, we're going to score. We're going to go for two and win the game. He goes, well, you, then you got moved back to, the, you know, to, the, the 12-yard line seven, or whatever. Seven, yeah. Some yard line. He's like, yeah, I told him we were going to go, go down. He we're going to go for two. We're going to win the game. He goes, so it didn't change your mind? No, there's a little bit of change. We're going for the win. For the win. win. No, yeah. he's, he's got balls. I'll give him that. And <coughs> it, it just goes to show that coaches in the NFL are born, not made. Like, yeah. you got to come out of the womb looking like a football coach, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, the best, the, the Mike Cowers, uh, Bill Cowers, the Mike Tomlins, like Don Shula. Like, you look like a fucking football coach. That's why that. Fairy in Miami's never. I was win. waiting for. I know. I knew. You knew I was going. I knew you were going there. I knew he's it. He's never going to win. I was about to say he's his, never going to win. With it's his a gimmick vape. offense, and nobody. My dad said the same thing. When they go like and they talk amongst themselves later on after the game, there's no way they're like, yeah, we believe in that motherfucker. No, no fucking way. No. Like, look at this clown. Look yes. at this. He's like playing Madden on the sideline, like hitting his vape. Like, yes. what the fuck? What is that? The funniest thing that he's ever done. It was the funniest interview maybe I've ever seen. He's at the deal. It's like week six of last year. And he's like, hey, coach. So uh, there's no ping pong table in the locker room now. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, Tyreek Hughes. Oh, yeah, you know what? I'm really proud of the guys for getting rid of that. You know, I guess we're going to be focusing on football. And then Tyreek Hill comes to the podium next. like, 
Hell no, nah. I just ordered a custom one. It's coming in tomorrow. We had to move that bitch out. I did not see that. Oh, That's God, awesome. it was so funny. It was something along those lines like, oh, hell no, we got two ping pong tables coming. Mike McDaniel was like, I'm proud of the guys for, you know, telling them they're not doing that in the locker room anymore. Then Tyreek comes on five minutes later like, hell no, bro. We got two on the way. That's right. awesome. Yeah. You know, I guess the last game that we really haven't touched on is the one I just want to quickly mention. Look, the Texans had an awesome season. Yeah, awesome. And they had an awesome half against the Ravens. Yep. They were in that damn game. And look, eventually their injuries were bound to show up. And they yep. finally did. Yeah. Um, but kudos to them. Mad good season from C.J. Stroud and, and uh, uh, D'Amico Ryans. Incredible. Like, really cool. Can't wait to watch them in the future. And, you know, Baltimore is just a team that on the right day, they're going to beat anyone yeah yep um i don't know how you stop lamar jackson the chiefs are gonna have to figure out how um i think you're gonna see a lot of six and seven man blitzes i think that's what's gonna come i think spagnola is just gonna blitz the entire game and hope lamar makes a horrific mistake which he's capable of doing obviously he's a great player and can yeah. do any you know he can make a great play but then he can run around and drop the ball in the end zone for a safety. I forgot who it was where the ref tripped him in the end yeah, zone. That was, like the, that was the 49ers yeah, game. Yeah, where he rolled yeah. back. He rolled back like 30 yards, and that was hilarious game too because you saw that happen. I think they went down like 10-0, right? The, the Ravens or something. Like whatever it may be. And you thought, oh, here we go. The Niners are going to kill them, and they beat the fucking wheels yes, off the 49ers. Yep. Yes, they did. Yep. Um, and, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I think that's going to be a great game. I mean, Mahomes versus Jackson is a marquee matchup. Yeah. I mean, that's what the NFL would want. Um, and I think the NFL, you know, they'd love to have Mahomes and Kelsey and Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, that, nothing would be better than that for yeah. them. Yeah. But they'll take Lamar Jackson. Yeah, for like, sure. They're happy on that side, but they're definitely hoping that Detroit loses. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they're going to have to spin that, we that web, <laughs> like, so much. It, you know, that... They just can't have Detroit. They just can't. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But I, I like San Francisco, and I think I like Baltimore. I was going to ask you, so you think Baltimore's going to win? I do. I do. Um, I think their defense is up to it. Um, and obviously, you know, you have to curtail Mahomes, and you have to curtail um, Kelsey. But, like, you know, and their wide receivers are kind of getting better, which is scary. Yeah. But um, – no, I think Baltimore's probably up to the task on that side of the ball. And then you have to hope that Lamar Jackson doesn't have regression back to some of his previous, previous playoff yeah. performances. Yeah, I mean, he's, look, he's, look, he's looked good lately. I this would say I would probably just go, I'm going to go Niners. And then until at this point I've learned my lesson, until someone beats Mahomes, I'll just go. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Mahomes and, and Kelsey and, and, and Taylor Swift and all the people that have sold their soul to the devil to be there. Yeah. I'll go with KC. But uh, I agree. I think on paper when you really – Look at it. Who's the better team? I think Baltimore is a better team. Yeah. I just, it's hard for me to, I just don't know if I can pick Lamar to beat Mahomes. I just I, don't know if I, I can feel do it. good about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel great about it. I'm not, yeah. This isn't my lock of the week. Yeah. I'm just saying, I just don't know if they, you know, if someone put a gun to your head and you said, listen, right now for your life, you have to pick Baltimore, Kansas City. I think I'm going to go Kansas City every time. I just don't yeah. think I can put my life in Lamar Jackson. You know, I would hands. agree with yeah. you most years, and I ne I've been a seller on the Ravens. For years, I just don't buy Lamar in the playoffs because I think you have to be able to throw the ball accurately, and he just never has done that. But I, this team might be different. I don't know. This he's just, looked good. He's looked good. He threw the ball on time last week against the Texans. You know, it, it. The thing that was impressive to me is 
like you said, the Texans played a good first half. It didn't look good for the Ravens early. It no. wasn't they weren't down big or anything, but just it offensively it didn't look good. They weren't in a rhythm. And then he turned it on and he he took over that game in the second half. Isn't it it's gonna depend a lot on whether Mark Andrews gets back. I was just good about point. to ask about That's that. Huge. Is he coming is he gonna be back? Do we know? He was he was a, like a game time decision yeah. for yeah. this one, so I'm gonna expect that he's ready for next week, but who knows? That's huge. He's enormous yeah. for them. Um, you know, he's the security. Zay blanket. Flowers been playing great. He's been great, but yeah, like their good. backfield is really banged up. I mean, yep. Dalvin Cook all of a sudden like matters. Yeah, I know. Uh, it was hilarious. They had uh, the barstool guys who were just showing like, you know, clips of different deal. Like Big Cat had five thousand dollars on uh, Dalvin Cook over eight and a half yards. That was his wow. drop. Wow. He's like, he's got to get you know whatever. He didn't I, get it. No, did he? he did. It was like in the fourth quarter. They went up oh, twenty one and put him plays. in, and he got like a seven yard carry. And he they was used like, him as easy like a, money. He I knew came it. in early in the game, but they used him as like a decoy. They like yeah. fake faked a little dive and handed it or flipped it to Gus Edwards or whatever. Yeah. But you're right, that backfield is real banged up. They lost. I think it's Keaton. Was it Keaton Mitchell? Mitchell. Early? He, yep. he was like that explosive back who I was like man him and Lamar are tough and then he tore his ACL that was yeah. a big loss but I yeah. still think they lost Dobbins real early too Dobbins right? was way blew out his Achilles like he, game, week he's, two. he's yeah. one of those guys like he's like I can't believe Mosert stayed this healthy for that long that guy's made out of glass no too. kidding <laughs> I mean usually it'd be like week two and then I'm like I would just been waiting weeks for like Mosert to go down and he's like Oh, he scored 21 touchdowns this year. I'm like, usually he can't get 21 carries before he goes down with a broken ankle. Yeah, I agree, though. I'm, I'm going 49ers and uh, and Ravens. I think wow. that's going to be the Super Bowl. And right. I, 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 do, actually... I do think the Ravens are, I mean, like you guys said, they're just all the way around, they're a better team. Defense yeah. is better. I just It's just a quarterback position where I'm like, I, I don't see Patrick Mahomes throwing a pick six, and Lamar's got a 50% chance of just doing something crazy. So yeah. that's my... Now, for the Super Bowl, if it was Ravens and 49ers, the whole year I was saying if that happens again, or since they played on Christmas, I said I think the 49ers would win the game if they played again. I don't know anymore. Yeah. I, I got to see San Francisco. It, I want to see them this week. If they just come out and smack Detroit, and it's like, okay, maybe last week was a little bit of rust. They were they literally didn't play for three weeks because they took the week off, then they had the bye, and then, so it was like almost 20 days in between really? games. Yes, because they took that last week off against the Rams. So I think yeah. I think that's right. I think it was like 18 or 19 days. And they days. looked rusty. And they looked rusty. Sure. So if it was rust and they come out and smack the Lions, I'll be like, all right, maybe, maybe I like the 49ers here, but – if they look, if Purdy looks anything like he did last week, and it's a close game against the Lions team, who I don't respect all that much. I may pick the Ravens to win the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I have a bet from like mid-season on San Francisco to win it all at like plus seven hundred. Oh, that's a great bet. So you're uh, cheering for the Niners. <laughs> yeah, I think I put one hundred and fifty on it. Oh, nice. Damn. Um, so. I'm rooting for the Niners really hard, <laughs> and I was scared shitless at halftime against. Um, Against uh, Green Bay. Green Bay. Sorry, yeah. I almost yeah. said Detroit. Yeah. Um, because Jordan Love was dealing. Man. I know he was. He's playing a really good game. Yeah. And I, I, I was really not happy about my yeah. San Francisco money. <laughs> but now I think they're back. We'll we'll see. They they've got to get clicking. Um, yeah. I didn't realize they'd had twenty days off. That's yeah. You know that factors in. It does. I mean, that's a lot of time off. That's why I thought I get it. You want to not get guys injured, but it's kind of interesting. You know, you're going to get the buy. They'd already locked it up. 
do you really sit everybody that last week knowing they're going to be that much time off? I guess you, you have the, J- the way whether you want to be healthy or whether you want to be in a rhythm. It's hard to hard to pick and that. And JB kind of nailed that last week when he was on talking to us. He's like, I don't know how Brock Purdy is going to be after 20 days yeah. off. So he's like, he I did. don't know how he's going to he look. He nailed it. He, he did. Yeah. He said that exact thing, so he was right. All right, let's uh, move on to some NBA. I got a funny basketball story. Vex used to be at Turner. I don't know if you know this. Vex was my summer league coach going into my senior year. Uh, okay. So yeah. I see if Vex remembers this because that's a funny story. So um, – I was a pretty solid player, but I was a very, uh, I was very white. I'll put it that way. It's very <laughs> fundamentally sound, um, you know, did the you right thing. You weren't dunking any balls. I was, no, so Vex knew that. And so he was trying to teach me how to make a no-look pass because Vex had like some flash <laughs> to him and I didn't. And so it was summer league and he's trying to teach me. So so it's uh, we're playing, you know, we were working on practice and he showed me a couple times and, and he was trying to get me to do it. And it's kind of awkward for me. And then I started, I started to get a little bit. So in a game, I, I'm dribbling the ball up and I throw like I look off Evan Boland our big man and I throw just like an absolute dime no look like this and I I turn because I threw it like that and so I see Vex and Evan smokes the layup and I think he flipped the fucking chair over it was so funny because he's like yes like we, we practiced it I showed you and we put it into practice perfect and then he, he fucking, the this big ogre 6'9 just misses the fucking layup and he was just so livid I was like oh it's a fa- my favorite story I, I remember, I remember him awesome. I love it I but love did it. Evan is he the one that would play poker with us Sometimes. Yeah, that big one? Evan. Yeah, big, big Evan. Evan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Played college basketball. Yeah, all yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty fucking funny. Oh, um, that's awesome. No, yeah. those were great times. Oh my god. And Dylan selling himself, you know, maybe like a lot short. <laughs> like Dylan was really good. Um, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. I remember him being good. But I mean, he. he wasn't maybe the most athletic. No, like if he was said, a linebacker, you'd yeah. say he has football speed. Yes, yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. You know. He could play at Penn State, maybe. Yes, yeah. You know. He definitely wouldn't be recruited by the SEC schools. No. It'd be nothing but Big Ten. I just yeah. remember listening to the radio broadcast in like the regional semis, and they're like, that Dylan Leak, you know, he doesn't look like a basketball <laughs> player. <laughs> but but yeah, he goes, he doesn't look like a basketball but Mandy can play. Like, <laughs> that's funny. Like, yeah, that's about how I, how I describe myself what right backhanded there. Backhanded yeah. compliment. Yeah, it was a very backhanded. It was, uh, it was Dave Parker. We had one of the Parker. great state tournaments that I've ever seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Dylan had one of the great state tournaments I've ever seen. Yeah, that was fun. He got man. hot at the right time. It's, I did. How many threes did you make in the last minute? I hit four in the fourth quarter. Four in the fourth quarter. Four, four threes. Quarter. Yeah, four straight. And two in the last minute? Two in the last minute. One with 22 to cut it to three. We finally got it to single possession. And I'm not going to sell anyone short. I won't name names, but we said in the time out there. Don't fucking foul Keith Frazier. He touched the ball and the guy, somebody immediately fucking fouled him. And I, I can yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that was man. That run was a blast, and and having you guys around there, that was good, good times back in. And we coached together. Yeah. Uh, AAU for a while. That was a blast. And then our group, who we coached was the next and only team since my group to go back to a state tournament. Yep. Tyler and Brandon uh, yep. Johnson and Matthew Pisano and Evan Carcanigas. I think we had a pretty successful run yeah. as uh, AAU coaches. Yeah, we did. That was a, a good, fun group. I mean, I remember we got those kids uh, in seventh grade, and they ended up going to state tournament after five years. So pretty cool, pretty cool little deal there. Pretty cool. Yeah, so – but uh, we'll move on quick, uh, quickly to some sure. NBA, and I want to ask you a few questions, um, starting with the Spurs. I know okay. that's your specialty. We're San Antonio show. Um, so, obviously, I think Wimby's been fantastic. Um, I kind of want just your overall thoughts on him. Obviously, I don't think he had much bust potential, so I don't know what people expected. Like, did they expect him to be LeBron? Did they expect him to be just this inc- – I think he's been fantastic. Do you think that? or has- He's been amazing. Yeah, okay, he's good. Been amazing. I'm glad you said like- that. Anybody who views, you know, his first half season 
as anything but a positive is fooling themselves. Okay, I mean, he he's shown out yep. and he shows these spurts where he goes on block on one end, three back the other way. Then it's a steal or a great defensive play. And then he follows it up with a dunk. And he shows these short little bursts of dominance that I think we all know as he gets older, he'll be able to replicate into, you know, 35 minutes per night. Right. And the prospect of that for the Spurs is just amazing. I mean, it, look, he's going to learn not to dribble in traffic. He's going to learn what he can and can't do off the bounce, right? And, like, he's going to get stronger. I think we all are, are like, praying that, that, that he ends up with, like, Giannis's physique, right? right? Like, wouldn't that be the wet dream? Yes. I don't think he's ever going to quite build out like that. But, like, if he can get to his version of that, then he's, he's going to be unstoppable. Right. Um, no, he's, he's, he's an absolute force, and you can't give the kid enough credit because – Look, he's been raised in a fishbowl. Like, he's been tall, and everybody knew he was going to the league <laughs> since he was, like, nine, right? And, like, he he handles media scrutiny. He handles pressure moments in the game as well as any 18-year-old that I've ever seen, and that includes LeBron James. Like, mm. you know, LeBron is polished and was polished. Wimbanyama is on that level. He's just not built like a grown-ass man. Right. At, at 18 years old, the way LeBron was, where he could kind of take over a league. Yeah. Do you think he should, should they give him the rookie of the year? If they, like It's him versus Chet, obviously. Do you think it, to me, it's clear cut? Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's clear cut yet. Okay. I, honestly. Okay. And, and look, um, admittedly, okay, disclo- disclaimer, I have money on um, everybody but Wimbanyama. Yeah, because he was such a big favorite. Year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I put down money on Scoot and, and also on Chet for rookie of the year. So, like, that Chet ticket is really going to pay. Yeah. So, I'm kind of rooting for him a little bit. But, no, I think to this point, it's been pretty even. Yeah. And we'll just see who can stay healthy. Right. Who can get the log the minutes and who can impress the voters from here on out. I mean, if you're going on win totals, it's definitely going to be the Thunder's player because they have the better team. Right. Right. And and, and San Antonio can't compete with Oklahoma City right now on the floor. So. And I don't, like I said, I don't know anything about basketball, really. But the one thing I was, I mean, historically, though, records haven't really mattered in rookie of the year. No, right? I don't at think all. so. And I was telling somebody, someone was asking me about it. And I was like, here's the way I look at it. And I could be completely misguided looking at it this way. But, and I know, all due respect to all your other tickets, you sure. know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, it's one of those deals where I think personally, it's almost detrimental to the league to give it to anybody else but win. You're right. Because you're trying to build a superstar and a once-in-a-generation player, and you're going to be like, no, we're going to give it to the third option in Oklahoma City who's actually a sophomore, Chet Holmgren, <laughs> and he's going to win. It just seems like I know he's you're had right. a great year, but I just, to me, from a business perspective, and the NBA is a lot about business. I do know that much about the NBA. It would make zero sense to give it to Chet Holmgren. You know, I've had this like idea in my head coming from basically the beginning of the season. This might be the first time since, was it Grant Hill, Jason Kidd, that shared the Rookie of the Year? Oh, I didn't even know oh, that there was a share. Yes. No way. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the two of them that shared a Rookie of the Year. And how would that happen? They would just end up tied on voting? Now, I, mean, I have how does no that... earthly idea how Vegas pays their I was going to say, yeah, well, how does that I work? I have no idea. Whether, Everybody wins. <laughs> yes, whether half a Rookie of the Year pays half, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> That's but, funny. But I didn't even might, know that was possible. This might be the first time since then that I've really felt like it might 
wind up that way. I would yeah. be okay with that. Yeah. yeah. I just, my only issue, and again, I'm a Spurs fan, so this is biased. My only issue with Chet is, like Turner said, he's the third option. It's so much easier when you have an, like, really, the guy, I think Shea Gilgis is fourth in the league in scoring. Yeah. And he's, he's the th- second in MVP. Yeah. Like, and so it's right like, now, I think so like, he's unreal. He's yeah. unreal. That guy's incredible. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, it's like the second coming of Russell Westbrook who can shoot. Yes. I mean, it's crazy. Yes. Good call. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased and I just like Wimby, but that's the one thing frustrating me. Like, as a Spurs fan, I'm like, man, this dude's having to drop, you know, 30 and five blocks and, 15 minutes to win us a fucking game and Chet's just sitting there like spotted up in the corner and like catching lobs. Like, come on, fucking guy didn't have to do shit. Let's not discount how much he brought to Oklahoma City's defense, though. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. His presence at the rim, and he's really their only big. Like, I I got lucky on this one, but I put down a big money bet at the beginning of the year on the over win total on Oklahoma City, which I think was like 47. You're going to cash and, that with uh, like 30 games left. <laughs> 100%. Like, it's cashing It's in. cashing, 100%. And I, took, and I took Memphis under 44. Oh, wow. wow. Like, those those are good. Yeah, those are uh, dead. Th- those, yeah. You, dead and winners. Yes, dead winners, yeah. yes. Uh, but, like, Oklahoma City doesn't have big guys, and they don't have defense at the rim, if not for Chet. Yeah. And, like, if I'm Oklahoma City, and I've got this stockpile, this cache of draft picks— I'm going all in right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to find a big guy. Jakob Pertl, like, yep. I don't I don't know. Bismarck, Biombo, who, whoever it is, they need to go out and find backup for Chet because if Chet goes down for a week or two, they're going to lose their seating. They're the kind of young team that needs home court advantage. they got to be smart about this. If I'm Sam Presti, I'm going to find a big man to play alongside Chet when he gets healthy and and maybe in the playoffs too. And look, they're going to have to match up with the Lakers, who are big. Like, there's just going to be some size problems that are presented to the Thunder that they've got to get prepared for. That's a great, a great point. I didn't think about the fact that he just. I mean, obviously, he missed the whole year last year, but just his physique is like that dude. It just looks injury prone. Like yeah. you know, I just don't know how long he lasts. You know, consistently. Uh, question just outside of the Spurs, speaking of, because you brought up big men in the playoffs, I'm curious your thoughts on Minnesota because they're first in the West right now, which kind of shocks me. I think they're like 17-3 and at home. Uh, You know, they have the second-best record in the league. But to me, they remind me kind of of the Jazz when they had Rudy Gobert, same type of deal. They're going to be really good defensively. They're going to have a great record in the regular season. When you get into the playoffs, you have to guard the perimeter, guard the pick and roll, and it becomes, you know, Rudy Gobert's in there and can't do those things. Do you think they have a legitimate shot to, like, make some noise the way, like, the Nuggets did last year? Or no. is this just a complete nope. regular season deal? I, I do not. Yeah. I, do, I, don't think, I don't think Anthony Edwards is ready to carry a team the way the Timberwolves probably need him to. Carl Anthony Towns has proven – incapable of being a first option um, on a winning football, uh, winning basketball team in the NBA. Um, So it has to fall to Anthony Edwards. And I just don't think he can do it. Um, Look, credit to them. Like for, I don't know, maybe three or four years, everybody's been saying preseason, I think this is Minnesota's year. They're going to come up, get into the play in. they could make some real noise and it never materializes. Look, good for them. They're in first place. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be, Probably a home team for right. at least a round or Probably two. Probably top four teams. Yeah, yeah. so, um, no, credit to them. But, no, I'm not – if I'm Denver, I'm not afraid of them. If I'm Oklahoma City, well, I need one more big guy. Yeah. And then I won't be afraid. 
I mean, look, Oklahoma City has the scariest guy in the Western Conference to me right now in SGA. He's terrifying. He's terrifying. He's fantastic. I, I yeah, I've been I haven't watched a ton of games, but I go back and watch highlights and look at box scores a lot. Man, he has been absolutely incredible what he's done this he year. He's so slithery off the dribble. Yes. There's just nobody who can stay in front of him. Yep. Um he gets a paint touch whenever he wants it, and that's that's how you beat NBA de- defenses is by getting paint touches. I give credit where credit's due. I was just thinking about Oklahoma City. I mean, Sam Pressy may have done the best GM job in the last decade anywhere. Damn any right. Team. Unreal. I mean, they're going to be un- – I mean, if they, they're going to be unbelievable for the next five years at least. I mean, probably longer than that. But yeah. it looks like they've built something like almost, you know, with the spur, you know, in-house that they're going to be really, really good for a long, yep. long yeah, time. Yeah, dirty little secret. The Spurs have not been good at drafting since Sam Presti left. Yeah. Thank dirty you. little yeah. secret. Thank you. Yeah. Dirty little secret. What yeah. the fuck is Brian I was, Wright doing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Jesus Christ. On that, on that. The Josh Primo effect. The Josh, Josh the, the, Primo. The, the, uh, the flasher. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the what was the foreign guy we got that's out of the league as well? Uh, what, he was like a lottery pick not oh, long ago. Yeah, Luka Simonic. Oh, Luka Simonic. Jesus yeah. Christ! He's probably playing over in the Euro League. <laughs> uh, I was telling Dylan about Wimby. I said I kind of know some stuff about European basketball and Euro League. That I was telling him that when Wimby left the Metropolitans, I was just looking at stuff that they started the season like zero and eleven or something. <laughs> like they finished they? second in France last year behind. <laughs> You know, whatever, uh, Monaco, who's the best team over there. And they finished second in France last year in the playoffs. And a Wimby left, and I think they started the season like 0-11 and Not like 1-15. Do you know who the point guard was on that Metropolitans team for uh-huh. like at least half the year last year? What was the little point guard that you and I really liked at LSU? Oh, he's real, like light skin, real sh- kind of short. Yes. Oh, I know exactly. I can't think of his name. And he like had a like second. an incredible couple games in the tournament yes. one year. I know exactly who you're yes. fucking. T- it's gonna piss me off. I know off. who you're talking about. Point guard. Oh my god, he what was is the point guard on the Metropolitans, and I think he didn't get along with Wimby. Oh, I yeah. think they shipped him out. Did they? Yeah. Was it Trey Waters? Trey Trey Va- Trey Tremont Waters. Yes. Yeah. Tremont yes. Waters. That dude is a fucking yes. stud. We used to watch him like we would bet on him, and he would just fucking kill it. Wonder where he plays now. So good. I always tell him it's fun because I know some you know, a little bit about the EuroLeague teams. And it's like, you got Scotty Wilbekin over there that plays <laughs> yes. or something like all the classic, like tournament, you know, legends that yeah. didn't make it to the NBA that are playing over there. And then Keenan, uh, Keenan Evans from tech plays for, you know, one of the, one of the Israeli teams. But it's just funny when you see the names on the box course, you're like, Oh, look at all these tournament legends yeah. that didn't yeah. make it in the NBA. It's, it's crazy, cool. man. Uh, Question back on the Spurs. So, All right, shoot. Give um, it to me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stuff. fire these off because I need your takes on these. So, cool. look, I maybe I'm a, maybe I've become a little bit of a hater. I love Pop. Pop has done you know you know incredible job in the early 2000s and won the championships. He's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. Never gonna go away. But is he the right guy to stay here right now? And and I, I in my opinion, in the past, I kind of feel like maybe we should have moved on, but we kept him. Do you think he's the right guy? For the future or for yeah. right this second? For 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 the next five years. No, okay. no, not for five years. Okay. No way. I mean, look, I love Pop too, and uh, all the accolades. You know, he's deserved it. Right. Um, I I just wonder how into it you can possibly be at his age, right? Like, you know, Pop has Pop has his his winery. Pop has other interests. None as much as basketball, but he does have things. I mean, he's a lifer. Yeah. Like, whenever I see Pop, like, he wants to talk hoops. Right. Like, he's, he really does love the game. And, 
like I I like Pop. I'm one of the few people that actually likes the guy. But like <laughs> I, I also wonder at his age, do you have the intensity to stand up and scream at players mm. the way you used to? And we heard stories when we were growing up, right, about him, you know, taking to task Tony Parker or Tim Duncan, even the, you know, the franchise's cornerstones. Like he would do that. I I don't know that he really goes through the screaming matches with his players the way he used to. And if he's not going to, then he has to make sure that his assistants are. And if they're not doing it, then Pop can't be the head coach. Yeah. I don't think he does that at all anymore. No, neither. I think it's he more like of he's a... softened. To me, now, it seems like, you know, it's sad his wife passed away, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, this is all he's ever known. He has other interests. But this is like his hobby. I mean, he's almost said it before in press conferences where it's like, you pay me $10 million a year to do it. Like, what the hell else am I going to do? You know, it's like, yeah. and he likes, this is all he's ever known, and he likes it. But yeah. as far as screaming at this team that's won what? So how many games have we won this year? Seven. Six? Seven. Seven. Yeah. I almost shorted this one. We beat the Wizards <laughs> do, the other night. Yeah. Do you think he's in the locker room screaming? Absolutely not. I don't think no. so. I, but I do think, and Dylan's, I mean, we'll call it what is, he's basically a pop hater at this point, which is okay. <laughs> I get it. But I'm just tired of him. I, yeah, he's tired of him. But I, I like him as a dude. I just I, think he's done I the I think for the first two years of Wimby, just learning from pop, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. And then after that, we need to go in a different direction. I agree. You know, the the the, the Bill Self rumor from Kansas has always, like, I like the that shadow rumor. has always <laughs> loomed. Yeah. Um, but when he got, like, a lifetime contract in the last, like, 18 months Hard ago. Hard to leave he, KU, I man. just don't know that he's going to leave it. But, like, he and Buford are really tight. Yeah. So maybe that's a landing spot. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. There, there's not another coach that I would jump out of my seat to go grab right this second. Will Hardy yeah. was a guy that I might have done that for, but it's too late there. It's too late. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much longer Pop has. You know, I've seen the Spurs defense deteriorate to a point God. over the last couple of years where I wonder whether it's Pop's genius that made us a great defense when we were a great defense or whether it was something else. Yeah. Uh, the players... You know, it's always about the Joes. Right. Jimmy's and the Joes, not, not the, the X's, X's and, and O's. O's. That's right. But, like, you know, whether, you know, maybe there was an assistant coach along the way who was so helpful. But, I, you know, I don't know how much talent the, the Spurs coaching staff really has. You know, I think that kind of remains to be seen. And if there's somebody that can ascend to the top, I mean, I think we all thought Becky Hammond might be that person. Yeah, for like, a little while. Like, we, we, we've all had these theories. We thought Ginobili might wind up being yep. that guy when he retired. And, you know, those those pe those prospects have probably dimmed. So I don't know who the next person is. And before before I get rid of Pop, I'm going to want to know that I've got a replacement that I can trust. That's yeah. fair, because at that point, it's like, all right, we've had the same dude for this long. We make a rash decision here, and now we're going to be the, the team that pops around for it. But that's just yeah. not the type of organization I, we I are. I think, no. though, and I could be completely wrong, I think that with certain guys that Pop gave their start in coaching to, sure. like, Will Hardy or someone like that. I think that there's, especially with Utah, I think there's enough respect that Pop in two years, and if he calls Will Hardy, it's like, hey, you know, whatever. We want you in San Antonio. You know, you come here, you're going to coach I Wimby. So. I think he would be down here in two seconds. I hope so. Or I Quinn Snyder, wrong. maybe. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, like there's, there's some Snyder. interesting yeah, ones. Whoever, you know, whoever <laughs> he wants, but I think that a lot of people respect him enough to be like, 
you know, and not to mention we have Wimby now, which makes it a little bit easier, right? Yeah. It's not like it's not like it's just and Keldon his, Johnson and Vessel. And, and his other. wife is actually from here. Went to I believe Madison High School. We Hardy's went, wife. Yeah, we really? went to school. We went to St. Pius with uh, his wife's little brother mm. Reese. So yeah, we uh, he, they grew up here, and so I think that that could play a factor. As and well. yeah, I mean That's I have helpful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have I have no idea, but it just seems like some of those guys that you know Pop gave the start to that if he he did call and was like. And in, in like I said, it definitely goes. It's a lot easier now that we have Wimby, you know, yeah. locked up for a while. So the question that I get all the time is, who are the Spurs going to go get? They need a point guard. They got to go get a point guard. Who are they going to go get? Look at the free agent list, Jeff. Tell me who we're going to get. You know, I got to be honest. It's not about the point guard position because we're not one player away. We're just not. We're like three players away. So that was, I, I, that was my question. I was going to ask you, do you think in their current form we can build around some of these younger guys? Like how many guys away are we from this? Is this cut, you know, cut a couple of these guys or trade a couple of these guys and rebuild around Wimby? Do we need to go get free agents? What What do you think? I, I think we are three years away from being a year away. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I think I think we have a lot of runway ahead of us. Yeah. And – Look, Vassell and Keldon Johnson are going to have to prove, and, and Sohan and the rest of them, are going to have to prove that they can actually keep improving year by year with Wimby and be an essential part of, of, of the roster four years from now. Like, if I had to guess right now, I don't think Sohan is going to make it. I agree. I don't think Keldon Johnson is anything more than a, a, a sixth man yeah, who yeah. brings scoring punch and aggression I think Vassell still has a chance to be a nice wing player, but not a not a second banana, like a third banana, yeah. right? Yeah. Like they, they, he's never going to be as, unfortunately good enough to be, you know, a, a Robin to his Batman. But right. we'll we'll see. Like, look, they're going to have two picks more than likely in the, to- in the, in the lottery. Yeah. So we'll see. That's what I've always found weird is people asked me somewhat of the same thing, like, oh, well, who do you think the Spurs should go get in this room? I'm like, nobody right now. Not yet. We're, we're, I mean, it's, it's not this year, and it's for sure not next year. It's like, you know, maybe two, three years down the line, then you're like, okay, now Wimby's ready to be a superstar of his yes. own team, and then you go get, you know, maybe some young players, maybe some vets. But to me, I feel like you have Wimby and two really good vets around him, and you built, you know, kind of a, a super team, if you will, yeah. like around that, and you win games. But people that want us to go get people now, I'm like, why? And then He's people that ready. also want to – I get that it's frustrating and we lose so many games, but that's what I think Pop's doing too, where it's like, you know, people are like, what is he doing, this and that, and the other. I'm like, they're frankly not trying to win. It, it doesn't matter. Zero difference. We yeah. want to have the We want to have the first pick again. Yeah. It makes zero difference. Like, we're not going to the fucking playoffs. Yeah. I mean, there's zero – like everybody talking about it, I'm like, what, what are you so – animated about trying to win now the season's over i mean she was over before it even started it's yeah. just all about, it's about development getting those guys right. developed yeah i mean it's just I don't, anyway i hope we keep losing i want that ping pong ball to go our <laughs> way again and get the first pick i'm, I'm with you like yeah, when we started the season i was saying to myself look i hope we play every team close and lose every single right. game yeah. all 82 by four points yeah that's like great. that's what i would love to see that would be ideal yep and look they've played competitive games against good teams um, about once every two weeks. And they've also mixed in a horrible blowout 
about once a week yeah. since the beginning of the season. Yep. Now, I don't think you learn a whole hell of a lot when you're losing by fucking 40. Yeah. Okay? No, you, no just, you do not. You just don't. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, there's just not a whole lot to be gained. But, like, they, they have played enough competitive games against good teams for me to feel good about this season as a developmental year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. If you do, you, I don't know how much you follow draft picks. Do you know who would, who would you who do you like in the draft? Is there a guy you would take if we had the top pick, or one, or just a guy you like in the top ten around there? Alexander Sars really good, um, I, but I don't know that he's a real first overall pick. Right, like I. Um, That's the kid of France, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's the um, the the Jokic kid uh, or Jovic. Right. Sorry. Um, what is it? I mean, it's it, one of those. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. I know you're talking um, about. He's, I've watched, just like every other NBA dork, like I've, I've watched his scouting tape right. on the internet. Right. Hey, Euro, EuroLeague guys, both of them? Or? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay. I, I, I don't pay a well, whole lot of attention the to that. Over there, yeah. But like, I just, when I watch their tape, you know, you try to see if somebody jumps out at yeah. you. And if I'm being honest, nobody does. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not like it's the worst draft in the history of the world, but there are no defining players to this draft. So it's a horrible draft to have two lottery picks know, in, if we're being honest. <laughs> and maybe the Spurs can punt, right. right? Maybe you kick the can down the road and, and you see if you can't get a player back for one of those and you start that way. Like if you could get, if you could get a young player on a good contract, um, I'll make one up. Um, if you could get OG and Anubi, on a on a decent contract, a guy you know has five more years of really good basketball left. Um, for one of those picks, I think you have to look at it. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. I'm look. I was looking down the board just now. I'm like, I don't know half these dudes. Like, I'm like, who are these guys? Good, right? Normally, you and I are the type of people I who by know, now, exactly, know him, exactly, by now in this season, we always know. Them. We're we're always texting about it, and, yeah. and I just haven't paid attention to it. And there's not really anybody there. You no, know? it's it's uh it's a weird little. The draft. good news is, is we won the lottery that mattered. The one yes, that that's true. Yes, <laughs> we did. We still yes, have a bunch of picks. We're still going to get some young yeah. guys. We've got options, like you said. If we want to make a trade, we have a lot of options now. Where like after the Kawhi trade, it was not looking good there for for a minute. It's like, been bad. It's been bad. So at least we have. It's looking. There's some a bright future coming with one hundred percent. I will. I will interject this real quick because it's the kind of topic du jour among Spurs heads. No, I do not want Dejounte Murray back. Yeah, neither do I. Like not in any way. Thank you. I. I, I mean, I. I sell quickly on point guards who are bad passers yep. and below average three point shooters. That's like, a huge not interested. Issue. Yeah. Why would we want a guy in a league that's three point prevalent who has been a below average three point shooter? That blows my mind that it people want him back. Doesn't make sense. And his defense has fallen off since he left the Spurs. So I, I mean DeJounte, you know, you want it out, you got out, don't come back. I complete I like that you said that. I completely agree. Um have you followed college basketball much this year at all? You know, not as much as in past years. I mean, normally this time of year, I've probably watched 40 or 50 games. I've probably only watched 20 this year. Really? Way, yeah, I don't know why. I've just gotten a chance to watch way less this year. When I was at Trinity, I used to walk up the street and we'd drink beer and watch. When you were over yeah. off that street right there, we used to watch uh, college basketball <laughs> yes, and sit did. there and get pizza and drink beer. It was fun times. Um, do you, if you had to, I know you said you have watched a little bit less. What team do you like? What couple teams do you think have a, It's kind of a wide-open year, if I'm being honest. I think it's completely wide open. I have not seen a dominant team. I've watched Duke a couple of times. I've watched Kentucky. I've watched UCLA. I've watched Tech a bunch. Yep. Um, 
I don't know why I'm an adopted Texas Tech basketball <laughs> fan. I didn't go to Tech, but like I love loved that. Tech. Teams. I loved under Chris Beard. That those teams are so fun to watch. Oh Chris my Beard. God, they were so good. And then he had should've to go won to a national Texas. title. Yep. Yep. Yeah, should have yeah. won. Yes, he should. Yes, he should. If Culver doesn't help off on that the drive was, there, they still, win a still national have nightmares, title. Nightmares about that one. Like, what are you? I just like, what is still? Yeah, what, hey, are you what, doing? Are you doing, what are you doing? Terrible. Terrible from your best player. It's just, it's hard because they play that no middle defense where you help, and it's just so hard in that moment to be like, man, I'm so trained to make that rotation, and now I have to stay with a shooter. That's, I think, what happened. But again, you just have to be aware in that situation. Like, you just have to know, like, okay, don't give up a three. Let him have a layup. Let him have a layup. Yeah. but and Virginia um, got really lucky in that game, too. Oh, they got that, lucky the whole tournament. Yeah. Yeah. They should have lost to should've Purdue. Should have been out Should have lost to yeah. Auburn and should have yeah. lost to Tech. They shouldn't yeah. even been in the lead eight. They should have been yeah. lost in the Sweet 16. And that was the year after they got bounced in round one, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes, it was. It, I'm UMBC curious. beat them, right? That's the right. Retrievers. I'm, so I'm curious to see, have you seen Purdue play at all? I have. What do you think of them? Because to me, they feel like the same Purdue team. I wouldn't be shocked to see them lose early. I don't think it's going to be a Virginia thing where they lose in the first round and then go win the whole thing. A lot no. of people think that. I don't. No way. Uh, they're too dependent on their three-point shooters. Lawyer's a really nice player. I yeah, like him. He's good. I like him. Uh, but, like, I, I don't know. I'm petrified of taking <laughs> Purdue like for more than one win in my back yeah. in my bracket um they're Purdue and I don't see a big change in them no yeah uh, I'm with you they're kind of the same thing just rerun again right I got UConn going back to back really I think yeah. they're gonna win well, I, I I just I haven't, I haven't watched near as much as I have usually this time of year kind of yeah. like you but they they look they look pretty good man Kansas I I, I usually Kansas I've pulled from four since I've been, you know, a youngster, but they just don't, I, I don't know, man. Hunter Dickinson, like, you know, he gets his points and stuff, but I just think that that makes the team, you talked about it, like yeah. a little bit, so I don't well, know. Well, their guard play, Her- D- it's Dwayne Harris. Harris, Dwayne Harris is like, I think it's Dwayne. He, when he's good, he's really good. And when he's bad, when he's, he's bad. The bad, whole team yeah. can't do anything. Yeah. So that's the problem. And he's like, they go as he goes, and he's not consistent. Kentucky could be a fun tournament that's team. That's a team. They're young, man. They're, they're young. The yeah. thing about them is Cal's team can never shoot. And this is the best three-point shooting team he's ever had. So that Reed look Shepherd out. kid. Look out. Shoot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's he's awesome. real good. Uh, I, I do think I, I have my little uh, sports website where I post my betting picks and I write little articles and blogs. Nice. So I have said over the past three weeks on my college basketball blog that I think UConn's the best team in the country. And I do. It's just hard for me to pick them to win again because of how hard it is to, to repeat. I just oh, – yeah. yeah. and, and that tournament, it just – It's I don't so know, hard to win the tournament. I thought Arizona now. early on was really good. They faltered as yeah. of late. They barely won at home to UCLA on Saturday. Arizona's um, done that last couple of years. They've looked so good early. Like, remember they ran yeah. through – was it last year? They ran through the Maui and just yeah. beat yes. the hell out of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. They lost to Princeton in the first round. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. What do you it. think of the Texas Longhorns chances? Man, <laughs> I don't like them. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I really. It's interesting because they could turn the corner only because they just got Dylan Dessou back, uh-huh. and Dessou is, you know, he was their best player in the tournament last year on a really good team. Yes, he so was. he's that good. I think he's an NBA guy. Um, I, I don't know how high in the draft, but I think he's an NBA guy. I really like at the college level the point guard they went and got out of the transfer portal. Asmus. Yes. Uh, from, I think, or, from Oral from Roberts. From Oral Roberts. I think he's phenomenal scorer. And I always have liked Tyrese Hunter, although he feels like he's kind of missing something. I watch him and, like, there's just something a little bit off about his game. He was the Big 12 freshman of the year at Iowa State, came to Texas, and it was like, I'm just waiting for him to be this, like, stud, and he's just never become it. He's just yeah. kind of the second or third option. But honestly – 
and I don't want to get into the whole Chris Beard thing, but look, it was devastating to me because I was a fucking massive Chris Beard fan. Like, yep. favorite coach. I thought he was the best coach in college basketball, and I, you know, I was clamoring if Texas can get this guy, man. If Texas, with the resources they have, we've never been a basketball school. And when we got him, I literally, for the first time ever, was like optimistic about Texas basketball. Like, we might actually have a shot in the next couple of years to win a national title. Not only do we have the team last year that's that good, he had the number, I believe, number one, Ron Holland, and the number five recruit in the country coming in. Obviously, what, you know, whatever goes down, he go, he's gone. Uh, whether they could have found a way to keep him or not, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I didn't look into it enough. I do know that she redacted the statement, and I she know did. that it was a lot of stuff like that. And I feel like, I feel like to me, if that was if he, if that was in Texas Tech, he might have stayed. The fact that it was in Austin makes a difference. Oh, if it was Texas and Tech, it, it he would have still been yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, money, and, I and it looks you. like look who look who hired him, Ole Miss. That's yeah. like the very Texas Tech like type of school. Very right? smart, hundred <laughs> percent. The one problem I have, and the, you know, I've talked to uh, Reed Seckler, big uh, UT fan. We were yeah. texting about this the other day. Rodney Terry's the wrong guy for the job. Okay, he, you know, he, he did not win at Fresno State, so he got basically a lower job at UTEP. He did not win at UTEP, so he became an assistant. And he got a, a group that was very veteran, that had Chris Beard's, you know, grit and toughness, who had been put together by him. And he did a good job, but it wasn't the hard situation everybody talked about. He had a ton of talent that he walked into in a situation and was like, okay. Don't fuck it up, and he didn't until the elite eight, and then he completely fucked it up <laughs> and fucking cost us the game yeah. up by ten with ten, eight minutes to go, and you lose. Oh yeah, my uh, yeah. I think I ripped my shirt off. I was so fucking angry. Um, <laughs> you were not doing good that night. I was night. not I doing good. It was a rough day. But I don't think it's the right place for Rodney Terry either. Um, the team seems really disjointed to me yes. um, to this point of the season. I'm not saying that they're gonna be bad and that they can't make a run. They can. I mean, I think the Disu Asmus combination is a really good one, too. Like, as college basketball goes, it's really good. But they seem to rely on Asmus, like, way too much. Yes. And the other wings don't seem to get involved. He, you know, I didn't think of him as a selfish player at Oral Roberts. He kind of strikes me as being a little bit more selfish this time around. I'm not sure I'm loving that. Um, and it doesn't look like Rodney Terry has the reins to pull back on him. Right. So, I, you know, look, I want to see Texas succeed. I love Texas hoops. Um, but I, I, I don't think this is going to be a great year for them. Yeah, and the, the Oral, I completely agree, and the the Oral Roberts coach, I believe, went to Texas yeah, he's Tech, a, he's right? Tech, I think that's right. He's at Tech doing a pretty good job. When, I mean, I, when, I haven't seen a lot of games, but when apparently Ace Miss or, I think that I don't know how you say Is it Ace Miss? <laughs> yeah. yeah it, Even Ace, though it's spelled completely it's spelled like not a, like that. Abe Miss or something, yeah. 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 When Ace Miss was there, they had a beautiful offense they ran, and to your point, they, they shared the ball. He got... He had sets run for him. Rodney Terry doesn't run all that great stuff. It mm -hmm. just seems very uh, isolation heavy, pick and roll heavy, just very simple. It's very yeah. simple. Is that yeah. good? Reminds me of Tom Penders. Yeah, era that's a great Texas. point. Yes. It's just really yes. basic, like high ball screen, high ball screen, Ex high ball. Good yes. night. Call a play. Thank Set a back you. screen. Exactly. You know? it, that's, that's the frustrating thing for me, especially when you have a team that's struggling. Like, Get them a good look. Get, yep. get them into something. It's just they don't have that. So it's hard to be consistent. That's the one thing about Purdue that I will give them. Yes. Is that, like, they have really good players that they could individually isolate. I mean, Edie, obviously. Right. But, like, they still run a lot of cool shit. They do. And they get a lot of easy baskets from just their motion offense. Like, I give them a lot of credit for that. So, you know, I wish, I wish Texas had a little bit more of that. And I 
I wish, I hope Purdue has like a little bit of a killer instinct this time. I hope so too. I, I feel bad for because Purdue fans have been the same. They lose early yeah. in tournament every year. It's the same shit. Yeah. Um. You know, and and I will say I, I bet against Purdue on the road a lot because I just don't believe in them. <laughs> and they, they either they either lose outright or they fucking cover the number by a lot. But it is frustrating to watch Zach Eady because he really does get his hands on every fucking ball. Like, even if he doesn't get the rebound, it's really hard to get a, a defensive rebound against Purdue. Yeah. So you're sitting the guards out there just fucking taking target practice, basically, yes. you know? That's yes. what it looks like. It yeah. really is. A lot of wide-open yeah. shots. Yeah. Good news I, for Eady is Wimbanyama is in the NBA now, and he's going to have a job. Yeah. Like, on somebody's team, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah. because of Wimby, he's yeah. going to get a job. That's a great point. Because otherwise, wouldn't he wouldn't have. You're 100% right. Yes, because they were asking him last year, like after the Fairleigh Dickinson loss, like, are you coming back? And I'm thinking, like, why the fuck would he not? He's not getting drafted. Why right. the fuck would he not stay? He's a legend there, and yeah. he's not going anywhere. And he probably made him some to come back. He he probably acted like he was going to go somewhere, and he just took the right. nil money. Right, huge. But if he doesn't have a if he doesn't have a spot, which I agree with you, I think he will be on the NBA team. But they'll love him over in the Euro League. He'll go over there and make three million dollars sure. a year, and he'll be fine. So yep. either way, yep. All right, last quick topic, because I know we wanted to talk about this. Nick Dunlap, the amateur, right? He won uh, He won the American Express, correct? Yep. yep. Uh, thoughts on that, the fact that an amateur, What's this is the first time an amateur has won a PK Since event. Phil since Mickelson Phil Nicholson. in 91, right. they said. So, yeah. so Unbelievable. Vex, Turner, you guys give me your takes on that. I'm not I think a it's guy. so cool, Turner. It's very, very cool. <laughs> uh, he made a double bogey, I believe, on seven, lost the lead. And Sam Burns is an established PGA player, has won several times, I think five times on tour. Uh, hole 16 is par five. Dunlap had a pretty good shot up there and then got up and in to make birdie, tied it up. And then 17, they kind of have an island-style green on this course that looks a little bit different from Sawgrass, but imagine that. You've all seen the island green at Sawgrass. And Dunlap stepped up there hundred and. 60-something yards, hit it in the middle of the green, and Sam Burns hit it in the water. And yep. so he won. The interesting thing that happened, though, and it's funny because all good golfers will tell you, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, they all tell you, I want to know exactly where I stand on eight teams. I need to know. Well, Dunlap thought it was a, a you know a drag race between him and Burns. The kid up in front of him, Bezenhut, made mm -hmm. birdie to cut it to a one-shot lead, and so Dunlap had no idea. He thought he had a two-shot lead back in the fairway 200 yards away, and he had a really tough shot over a mound, and he ended up kind of bailing out right, thinking he had a two-shot lead, mm. and then he said he got up there and realized, oh, shit, I'm only up one, <laughs> which it probably worked out better for him because he would have taken on, like, an impossible shot over a mound, flirted with water. So he hit it a little short right, hit a really good uh, nervy chip, to about, I don't know, six feet and knocked the putt Not down. Like a stud. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I listen, I, you know, I play with friends for, you know, uh, dinner at Chili's with Dylan <laughs> and his buddies, and six-footers are tough. So imagine being an amateur, you know, out there and having to get up and down. I mean, and, and it, it, these young kids are just getting better and better, and he's talked about working with a sports psychologist since he's been 16. So he's like, yeah, I knew mentally, you know, you have a vision of what it's going to look like out there. And he goes, you know, I talked to my sports psychologist. It's never going to go that way. So it's just pressure's a privilege. <laughs> the kid sounded like he was 42 years old. He's 20. <laughs> and it's just like these these guys that are on tour now are in trouble. And 
if you ever think you're going to have a kid that's going to be a pro golfer, you're wrong. You're not. I mean, <laughs> no, they're born, kids, not made. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. These kids are just so, so good now. It's like, and Justin Thomas came in the other day and shot 61. He's like, yeah, I thought I was going to be fucking winning and a college kid shot 60. <laughs> like, fuck him. Yeah. He went to, you know, he's like, he, the kid went to Alabama just like JT, so he's happy for him that he won. But, uh, yeah, it, the world of golf is just getting crazier and crazier. These guys are good. It is. It's getting younger and younger. You're right. The talent pool that's coming out of the colleges is better than it's ever been. I think their um, program that the PGA established to get these kids out on PGA on the tour earlier and to get them on the corn ferry earlier is really working out for these guys. Like they come in not fearing anybody. No, they think they can beat everybody. Like Texas Tech had Ludwig Aberg who played in the freaking Ryder Cup. Six months out of Texas Tech. I mean, yes. he was playing golf for Texas Tech. Six months later, they're like, hey, kid, you're pretty good. You're going to be on the Ryder Cup team. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah. he held his own. I think I think him and um, and one of the matchups, him and um, Victor Hovland beat Brooks Kepka and Scotty Scheffler like in the worst beatdown ever in yeah. Ryder Cup history. It was like 8-7 <laughs> or something. It was like, kid was in college six months yeah. ago. So, yeah, they're... They're all just unbelievably good. So the only problem is you can't keep the money yep. when you're an amateur. And it yep. was one point five million that Gosh. the kid turned down or the kid missed out yeah. on by by you know not declaring himself a professional before the tournament. And you know, you probably wouldn't it wouldn't make sense to do it. But now, you know, he's an amateur, he's gonna play in the masters. Like that's amazing. Yeah. He's gonna be the coolest kid on the Alabama campus for a couple of weeks. At least until spring football yeah, starts. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And yeah. like, like it's it's really cool for him. And you know, uh I, you're absolutely right. The game of golf gets younger, longer, and better like every single damn time I take a look yeah, at it. It's, it's absurd. It really is. And yeah. as a guy who loves to play and you know, I think of myself as a pretty good player. Like I carry a very low handicap. Did you play professionally for a little? No, bit? no I thought some for some reason I thought. No, that. I never. Somebody played told me you were really, really fucking good. <laughs> I'm pretty good. Yeah, but I heard like, you were very fucking good. The difference in, like, you're good at the club, right? Versus you're great on these tracks, like the yeah. American Express and and wherever they play on the PGA Tour. It's just this whole other ball of wax. Yeah, yeah. and like. Like, you know, you think about Nick Dunlap, like, what kind of NIL deal did he had? You know, Good point. It, probably pretty low, right? It's oh, just almost golf. nothing, probably. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, just yeah. golf. But now, I promise you, this morning, Monday morning, his whoever represents him or whoever is close to him was getting calls from Saudi oh, Arabia, absolutely. from the Live Tour. Like, what's it going to take? How about $50 million? And I bet that deal's on the table. Yeah, like, they get all kinds I guarantee of you're right. That's uh, crazy. John Rahm's new team over there, I think he, I, I don't know if Dunlap's name was getting thrown around, but two of the best college golfers, John Rahm was thinking, because they have teams of four yes. over there in the live, that he's going to just get real young. He wants all the best young guys. It's going to be him and all the young guns, I think, on his team. And, you know, he just got a got 400 mil, $500 million deal. He's not worried about winning the tournaments. He's building his yeah. franchise, if you will. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's funny now that I never really thought that Liv would kind of catch on and they just, you know, that Saudi unlimited piggy bank money, I always say, they just, pay, you just keep getting that oil out of the ground and they can pay anybody any amount of money they want. So I couldn't root harder for them to fail 
and I don't think they're going to anymore. No, they're not. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I was like, this is stupid. It's like, yeah. you know, whatever. And it's just like, now it's absolutely not going to fail. Yeah. I mean, so in the PGA Tour kind of, I think, realized that. I think the PGA Tour, too, that's a whole other different discussion. May have done some shady things to hope, you know, make it easier for them to fail, and it didn't really work. Yeah. And then, so they had to compromise, and now they're, you know, coming together. And I don't think anybody knows what that's quite going to look like yet, right. but that's the... Uh, they, the plan. they merged, I yeah, didn't it, they? Right, it, in a way? Kind of. No one knows. It's, I'm not even kidding. Like, it's it's one of those deals that, like, you even ask PGA pros, they're like, I think we've merged, but we don't know. So well, that's I just why... remember the news coming out that they merged, and then, like, a week later, it was another person signing with Liv. It's like, wait, what? I well, don't understand. And John Rahm, especially, is, like, probably had the thoughts, like, okay, well, I hear we're, like, merging, and you guys are offering me $500 million. So it's like Dave Chappelle would say, you got yourself a goddamn deal. Like, you put your hand out, you take the money, and you get out of there. I mean, it's like... It, it, is, it is weird. Like, the contracts seem to be written up on, like, the back of a handkerchief, and, and like, nobody seems to know anything no. about it. It's very strange. Yeah. I, I really don't know how this plays out. I don't know what the future of golf looks like. It's a very strange place for a golf fan like myself and UT to be in. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be watching. I, um, If I'm being honest, if I had my choice, I would never, ever support the Saudi Arabian government. Right. I would gladly opt out of watching live. Yes. But if they're in bed with the PGA Tour, if they merge with the PGA Tour, and I'm I'm going to be forced to watch oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'll be, like, I'll be watching. And to your point, T, like, the players don't fucking know. Uh, there is a PGA Tour player who I know who the day the merger was announced, and I went up to him, and I was like, hey, this is great news. You're back, huh? And he's like, I, I really have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. No one really has any no clue. Idea. Yeah. Crazy. Very um, strange. All right, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, that was cool. a, I was a blast, man. That was yeah. awesome. Thank was you fun. so much for coming on with us. My you pleasure, are, boys. You are absolutely you. welcome on here anytime. Yeah, uh, we're gonna need. Listen, we're definitely gonna need you during the NBA season. When <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. Save us, save <laughs> us from some yeah. boring episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah, um, yeah. Put your money on. Oh goodness, I like the Celtics a lot in the Eastern Conference. Okay, and I think the West is still pretty wide open. It's really going to be hard for me to see anybody beating Denver when they nut up and decide to play their best basketball. They're just too hard to beat. And that offense they run with Jokic and Murray is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to watch. I have to say, I became a fan of them last year. I never liked them, and I liked them after watching that shit. It's just fun to watch, It's fun to watch. It is. The the actions they run are are beautiful. Uh, Thank you again to Jeff Bexler for coming on, man. My dude, one of my favorite people in the world. And go check out his podcast again, The Unrestricted with Vex and the Bulldog. It's on all major podcasting platforms, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, all that stuff, right? All of those. All those. Um, And so uh, that will wrap up our episode. Thank you guys for joining us. Make sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And we will be back next week talking about the Super Bowl preview and recapping all the NFC. We'll get uh, Big Dog in here to recap a ski trip, too. Yeah, yeah. We got to get Big Dog in here. We got to get Big Dog. Let him know how the the bunny slopes were over there in Aspen. private plane last week. Yes, private plane in Aspen. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jeff. It was fun, man. I really enjoyed it. Absolute blast.